0: chapter 6 of the boy scouts at the battle of saratoga this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the boy scouts at the battle of saratoga by herbert carter chapter 6 the bend of the wallum sack not a little startled by the words of the stranger, Ira glanced at General Burgoyne to see what impression they had made upon him. Seeing a look of amusement rather than suspicion on the officer's face, he grew bolder, but was still at a loss what reply to make, when he saw a piece of paper lying upon a table in front of the general, on which a name was written in an irregular, scrawling hand. Instantly, The lad recognized it as that of a zealous tory in an adjoining state, of whom he had heard much. In a twinkling he understood that it was the name of the man before him who had sent it in to the British commander when he sought an interview. The glance, the reading, the conclusion were as a flash, and the next minute he was gazing smilingly at the visitor as he said, i am surprised you don't know me uncle horace but then it is a long time since we met do you know me the stranger exclaimed every line of doubt on his face changing to an expression of delight of course i do the young scout replied confidently you are horace lyman of bennington who who married your ma's sister the tory interrupted It's queer you look so different than you did when over at my house, but, as you say, that is some time ago. It must have been before father and I went to Europe, Ira went on boldly. So it was, and a year over there must have changed your looks, though I begin to see the old face now. How is your pa and ma and the younger children? All well when I last heard from them, was the reply. How is aunt and cousin Fred? "'Your aunt is poorly, very poorly,' Master Lyman answered. "'Sometimes I think she is a little bit out here,' and he touched his forehead, "'for she persists that the rebels will, in the end, gain their independence. "'But Fred, he's all right, physically and mentally. "'He has done some good work in the last week or two, "'about which I have been telling the general, "'and now he wants to enlist in the king's service.' That is one reason why I am over here today. And I have promised to give the matter my consideration, General Burgoyne remarked, as though growing impatient with his visitor's family affairs. If you will take a turn about the fort for an hour or two, Master Lyman, I will then tell you what I can do in regard to both matters you have spoken about. And he bowed him from the room. Turning to Ira, he said, BEFORE I GIVE YOUR RELATIVE A DEFINITE REPLY, I MUST TALK WITH YOU ABOUT THE REVELATION HE HAS MADE, AND THE FAVOR HE DESIRES. YOU HAVE BEEN IN Bennington, MASTER LEGATE? YES, SIR, TWO OR THREE YEARS AGO. DO YOU KNOW WHERE IS LOCATED THE INN KNOWN AS THE STATE'S ARMS HOUSE? I MEAN ITS POSITION IN THE VILLAGE AND ITS RELATION TO THE OTHER PUBLIC BUILDINGS. Yes, sir, it stands on the summit of the hill, near the church, and the young scout rapidly described the town, its surroundings, and its approaches, wondering all the while what could be his commander's reason for this information. I learned through your uncle, the general said, that the rebels are gathering large quantities of ammunition and stores there. He believes I can make an easy capture of them your cousin fred as you call him has been keeping watch over the doings in the town and the neighbourhood now in your judgment how large a force of men would be necessary to make the raid on bennington would it not be better for me to go back with uncle horace and look around ira suggested hoping to gain time in which to warn the people of the danger that threatened them "'I was going to ask that of you,' the general replied. "'According to your relative, the stores are still being brought in, "'and it will be well for us to defer our raid until they have finished the work. "'But there is another part of Master Lyman's tale which greatly interests me. "'He declares that there is an opportunity for me to secure from the neighboring farms "'horses in sufficient numbers to equip a regiment of cavalry.'" If this can be done, it would give me a great advantage over the rebels. I would therefore like to have you spend a few days in that locality looking carefully into the matter. In such task you may find occasion to employ your cousin and thus learn whether he can be of further value to us as guide, courier, or staff officer. It is the latter position your uncle desires for him when does uncle horace intend to return home questioned the scout still thinking how he could serve his friends and save the stores to-morrow i believe i will be ready to go with him ira said rising to take his leave may fortune favor you were the parting words of the general though the lad saw Master Lyman upon the walls of the fort, he did not think it wise to seek another interview with him. Something might arise in their conversation to awaken the suspicions of the Tory as to his identity. When in Bennington some months previous he had, by the merest chance, learned of the royalist, and that he had a son, Fred, who was as ardent a supporter of the king as the father, this information had served him a good turn, But while he really meant to accompany the man to Bennington, he had no intention of putting himself in a position where either husband, wife, or son would be likely to discover he was not the real Ira leaving it therefore for general burgoyne to explain to the visitor the plans which had been decided upon the young scout went into his own tent to devise if possible some way by which the purpose of the british commander could be thwarted when night came he slipped out of the fort and went over to the place where he had arranged to meet dan cushing He found the boy-in-waiting and, after a brief conversation with him, did what he had not expected to do when he left the British camp. At the risk of being seen by some sharp-eyed picket or more alert Indian, he, in company with Dan, crossed the river and entered the continental lines. For an hour he and his comrade were closeted with General Schuler, and then the two lads came forth ira to make his way back to his quarters in the fort and dan to mount a horse when after a long detour to the south of fort edward he was to ride toward bennington not far from nine o'clock the following day master lyman and ira legate left the fort and taking the nearest route for bennington rode leisurely along i am sure you will find fred of great help to you in this work master lyman said And a good word from you will surely give him the place he wants on the general staff. He prefers that to the position of scout or courier, the latter questioned, more to keep up appearances than for any other reason. Yes, the Tory replied emphatically, if he is only a scout or courier, he must wear his ordinary dress. But if put on the general staff with the rank of lieutenant or captain, he would have the regular uniform, and that is what Fred wants. Ever since he was in Quebec last fall, he has just been about crazy to get on some regimentals. And yet he might be of more service in ordinary clothes, Ira said grimly. Yes, and run a bigger risk. The reason Fred sticks for a place on the staff of the general is that there won't be as much danger as in the regular service. There'll be more honor and less fighting. I've known others to choose the humbler place because it called for more dangerous work, the young scout said in the same grim tone. The Tory looked at him sharply. Do you question Fred's courage, he demanded how can i until i see it put to the test was the demure response i was merely thinking of the difference between fred's view and mine i am a scout because it gives me an opportunity to render a greater service the tory scowled but made no reply and soon the conversation turned to other matters at noon they ate dinner with a friend of master lyman's of whom the latter declared he is as true a servant of the king as i am a fact of which ira made a mental note for future use at nightfall they were within a few miles of their destination and by pushing on could have reached it before a very late hour but master lyman evidently had another plan in mind as they arrived at a road leading northward he said a mile or so beyond is the home of james earle i promised to stop on my way back from the fort and tell him what i had seen and heard we'll go there for the night it is for you to say his comrade replied turning his horse to follow his leader a tract of woodland could be seen just ahead and as if to pass through it as rapidly as possible the tory spurred his horse to a canter As he disappeared beneath the shadow of the trees, Ira suddenly reined in his own steed, and turning toward the road they had left, uttered the cry of a nighthawk. Almost immediately it was repeated at no great distance in the rear, and apparently satisfied, the lad dashed away after his companion. In a few minutes the two had arrived at Master Earl's house, where they were warmly received and provided with a hearty supper, When the meal had been eaten, the travelers and their host went into the front room of the house, leaving the women to clear away the table. Soon the two Tories were busily engaged discussing the situation and condition of the British army and its prospects of success. Both were confident that in a few days they would hear of the overwhelming defeat of the Continentals. Ira, left to himself, sauntered across the room to an open window and looked out the night although there was no moon was not very dark and his sharp eyes detected a party of horsemen just leaving the forest below the house and coming rapidly up he did not seem to be alarmed however at his discovery and waited for the sound of the horse's hoofs to reach the ears of the men behind him but, they were so engrossed in conversation as to hear nothing until the approaching riders were almost opposite the dwelling. Then, springing to their feet in alarm, both cried, What is that? As if aroused from a reverie, Ira exclaimed, I declare, Master Earl, you have more visitors. The farmer was at his side in an instant, and with a glance at the coming troopers, turned and ran toward the kitchen, crying, Quick, Master Lyman, they are rebels, and we must hide but he and his friend gained the back door too late to escape. The lad followed in time to see both fall into the hands of four stalwart men who were lying in wait. Two others seized the young scout as he appeared, and then the commander of the company, a long, lank, grizzly bearded man not far from the age of the Tories came forward. "'What does this mean, Sam Adams?' Master Earl demanded. "'It is an outrage to treat men this way in a free country.' "'We ain't free yet,' the lieutenant retorted. "'That is, we ain't free of redcoats or Tories, "'though we are likely to be before a great while. "'Howsomever, if you want to know by whose authority "'I have arrested you and Squire Lyman, "'I'll say the Committee of Safety sent me for that purpose, "'and they'll tell you what's wanted. "'But who's that, young chap?' "'He is my nephew, Ira Legate,' Master Lyman replied quickly. "'He was going home with me for a visit.' ira Legate repeated the officer slowly seems to me i've heard that name before though i can't tell where but i've no orders to take him let the lad go men and we'll hope the next time we see him he'll be in better company then he gave orders to bring horses from the barn for his prisoners and shortly the entire party rode away ira left alone with the women tried to soothe them by saying general burgoyne will send an army down here as soon as he hears of this and tired as i am i will be off at once if i can have a fresh horse a small boy went to the barn with the scout showing him which animal to take and within fifteen minutes after the horsemen had departed ira was following them toward the main road arriving there he found dan cushing in waiting and after heartily greeting each other both started for the village dan saying as they rode along "'When I left you last night, Ira, I pushed straight on to Bennington, "'arriving at Captain Park's house before he was up. "'But he wasn't slow after reading General Shuler's letter. First, he gave me a fine breakfast, "'after which he said I was to go to bed and get some sleep. "'Then he hurried off to consult with the town committee. "'They must have hustled, for when I awakened a little afternoon, "'the captain told me there were already four companies of militia in the village.' garden the stores and that a messenger had been sent off to dairyfield new hampshire after colonel john stark to take command of the troops which are expected to number two thousand by tomorrow night they mean business don't they his comrade interrupted but go on dan with your story the rest is soon told captain park sent me down the road to be on the lookout for you and the tory he thought the old fellow would stop at master earl's because the two are great cronies I got to the crossroads an hour before you did, put a red rag on the bush so you'd know I was round, and then hid in the woods. I heard and answered your signal, then went back to town for the troopers. There's only one thing more to tell you. The safety committee want to see you when we get into town. They've got something to talk over with you. I expected it, Ira replied. Where am I to find them? At the captain's, where we're to stop. They thought you would be tired, and so agreed to be right there when you arrived. In less than an hour the two lads were at their destination, and when a servant had taken their horses, both entered the huge kitchen of the mansion to find themselves face to face with twelve men, whose resolute countenances said more plainly than words that they were not to be trifled with when the enterprise they were engaged in was a righteous one the men were seated around a long table and dan stepping in advance of his comrade announced governor wentworth this is the feller about whom general Shuler wrote and who is now known as ira Legate." the twelve committeemen turned their eyes upon the newcomer and he on his part gazed earnestly at them several he knew by sight though he had no personal acquaintance with them the others were strangers save him at the foot of the table as ira's glance fell on this man he recognized him as a citizen whom he had met when on a former visit to the town and he understood by the look given him that the recognition was mutual a slight shake of the head however gave this patriot to understand that the lad did not wish to be known and then ira listened to the governor who now said though unknown to us young man we cannot doubt your faithfulness to the cause we represent THE ENDORSEMENT OF GENERAL SCHULER ALONE IS SUFFICIENT FOR US, AND WHEN TO THAT IS ADDED THE SERVICE YOU HAVE ALREADY RENDERED, I, SPEAKING FOR THE OTHERS, MAY SAY THAT BESIDES OUR WELCOME, YOU HAVE OUR GRATITUDE. HE IS NOT UNKNOWN TO ME, BROKE IN THE COMMITTEEMAN AT THE OTHER END OF THE TABLE. ALTHOUGH NOT AT LIBERTY TO DECLARE HIS NAME, I CAN VOUCH FOR HIS PATRIOTISM. NO ONE OF US LOVES THE CAUSE MORE THAN HE." No one ever yet doubted your word, Master Whipple, the chairman replied, and we shall not do so now. Still, does not the work this young man has voluntarily taken upon himself tell, as no other words can, of love for country? And he looked around upon his companions in a way which told he believed the matter of the young scout's standing was settled. As no one contradicted him, he turned again to Ira, asking, "'What can you do for us, my young sir?' "'In the matter of the coming raid?' the lad questioned. "'I cannot prevent it, sir.' "'We would not have you do that,' was the quick reply. "'I am glad,' the boy went on, "'but I think I can control the time of that raid "'and the size of the raiding force. "'At least I am to report to General Burgoyne on those two points "'and have reason to believe my words will have weight with him.' How long can you wait before making that report? Two or three days. Forty-eight hours will answer our purpose, the governor declared. Within that time, we expect Colonel Stark will be here, and prefer to have him look over the field to decide on a plan of defense before your report is carried to the British commander. I know the colonel personally, and would say you cannot have a more brave leader, Ira replied. I shall be glad to take to the general any report the colonel may suggest. We congratulate ourselves that we have the outcome of this raid within our own hands, the chairman added, and we promise that you shall carry back an accurate list of the stores held by us, as well as of the cattle and horses we have collected. General Burgoyne will have no reason to suppose that you have been otherwise than busy during the time you have been away from him it will be good bait one of the company remarked laughingly as the meeting broke up the young scout went over to master whipple may i ask a favor of you he inquired certainly was the hearty reply will you then see colonel stark before i meet him and ask that he know me now only as ira Legate? should my own name reach the ear of any tory no matter who he may be my usefulness in the british camp would be over "'And your life would be in danger,' suggested his hearer. "'That is a small matter,' was the calm reply. "'But we cannot just now afford to lose the advantage "'which comes by having a friend amid the enemy.' "'I rather think not,' Master Whipple said emphatically. "'And if you are willing to stay there, "'we should use every precaution to keep your secret. "'I will see the colonel as you desire.' The next morning, Ira was on the street with Captain Park, when his attention was called to a lad not far from his own age, who was loitering around the building in which the arms and ammunition of the Continentals were stored. There was something in his appearance that seemed familiar, and, after looking at the fellow a few seconds, it suddenly flashed upon the young scout that he was Fred Lyman. It was the resemblance to his father that had made the lad's face seem familiar to make sure that his surmise was correct he asked the officer by his side the name of the youth fred lyman was the prompt answer his father and master earl are confined in one of the rooms of the storehouse and doubtless he is hanging around there hoping to get into communication with them i am not sure but it would be wise to put him into the room with them said the young scout as he eyed the fellow again He has never shown any qualities that has made us consider him dangerous, was the laughing reply of the officer, and they passed on. That night, to the surprise of everyone, Colonel Stark arrived in town. His early arrival was explained by his own words. Five minutes after your message was brought to me, I was on my way here. Call your committee together. The sooner we come to an understanding about matters, the better." The result of that secret session was to give the experienced officer absolute control of the defense of the town. The next day he looked over the village and its immediate surroundings and then sent for Ira. "'How are you, Ira Legate?' was his greeting, with special emphasis on the name. "'How is, well, my friend, General Schuler?" "'There is nothing the matter with him or me, Colonel,' was the lad's laughing reply." i wish he was as sure of whipping burgoyne as i am of the force the britisher may send down here but now to business come with me he led the way to the heights where was a bend in the Wallumsack river and into which on the left a smaller stream entered calling the attention of his companion to these features the officer asked do you suppose you could induce the redcoats to make an encampment here Let me understand you perfectly, Colonel, and I will make every effort to put the British forces where you want them. Advise General Burgoyne to send a thousand men, the officer explained. Before they get here, I'll have my skirmishers hanging around them, and, finding he is going to meet with opposition, the commander will naturally look for some place in which to entrench himself. Show him this spot, and let him make his stand here. That is your part. I'll take care of the rest." It shall be done, if it lies within my power, the young scout promised. Half an hour later, with a complete list of the Continental stores and a rough outline of the village and the surrounding hills in his pocket, Ira, accompanied by Dan Cushing, rode toward Fort Edward. End of chapter 6.